Thank you, Father God, for your goodness. You're so awesome. We just love you and we thank you for the Bible. The, the Bible says that the entrance of your word gives light, gives understanding to the simple, that it goes before us. It makes crooked things straight. It establishes our goings. It takes us out of the miry clay and it puts us upon the rock, that it's the foundation upon our, our life, that, that we can build anything from the word of God. So I thank you, Lord, for every person under the sound of my voice to have ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying and doing in our midst today and for my own life, my own mouth, for it to be the tongue as of a ready writer, that, it, that, that, that you help me to write and inscribe on the tablets of these people's heart this morning what you would have said today in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you got your Bible this morning, I'm already, listen... This is going to be really difficult. I'm like this. I'm like, all right, here we go, baby. I'm about to tear the roof off. But I'm, I know that was my idea. I said, baby, let's sit down and we'll teach together. But it's going to be tough for me not to, uh, not, not to do what I usually do. So y'all pray for me just so that I don't kick something over. And... Don't kick me over. Oh, yeah. And the Lord. So I won't do it. Uh, if you've got your Bible, though, I want to look at a scripture here. I'm sitting down. I'm trying in Philemon, if you know where Philemon is, some of you maybe aren't familiar with Philemon, but you should really like Philemon because if you're, if you're ever interested in reading the Bible just to check something off your list, the Philemon is only one chapter long. So you could feel like that you read a whole lot of the Bible just by reading the book of Philemon. You could tell people like, I read a whole book in the Bible this morning. It's only one chapter. It's before the book of Hebrews. It's after the book of Titus. And it's the Apostle Paul writing to Philemon. And the verse that we're going to look at is in chapter 1, verse 6 this morning. Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, it says, That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. How I many of you know you got some good things in you in Christ Jesus? Lots of people don't realize that and don't know that and they have a very difficult, a hard time locating any good that's in them. But here and what we're going to be looking at the next few Sundays and I'm really excited about it is locating and finding out and showing you the good that's in you. Because we've been looking at the harvest and it says that here in order for you to effectively relay the gospel to others, you need to acknowledge in your own life, you're, you need to be aware of your own potential, your own power and the awesomeness of what God has for you. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. You've got it on your little paper there in front of you. It says, Paul's praying here. He says, I pray. That the, that, the, that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto His glory. So the next few weeks we're going to recognize and I believe you'll appreciate once you recognize and I'm, I'm praying for you to understand and have precise knowledge of every good thing that's in you. So I'm here to tell you, you've got some good things in you. And you've got more than one of them. There's a bunch of them. There's many, many good things on the inside of you. And I'm excited. We're going to find out about them the next few weeks. Now, we just got back from a trip. Do you want to say anything before I talk for like another yeah, 10 minutes? Real quick. All right, go. Uh, just one thing about in Christ. 
I, I know that's something that's so familiar to us uh, because we've heard it for so many years. But really, when you ask Jesus into your heart, you make him the Lord of your life. You submit your, your life to him. You give your life to him. Make him your Lord. You become part of the body of Christ. You are now in Christ. So anytime in the Bible when it talks about um, in Christ, like that scripture right there, it says in Christ Jesus. Acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus because you are in the body of Christ now. Every good thing that is in the body, that means it's in you too so you can claim it for yourself. So Amen. just a little clarification on that. There's 130 times that the Apostle Paul said in Christ, in him, or in whom in the Bible. Uh, we were always taught to go through, read the New Testament, and every time you see in Christ, in him, in whom, or in the Lord, circle that because that's your identity. That's who you are now in Christ. We just came off of a trip, and everywhere we went, they wanted to see my ID. And, and I could say, listen, I'm right here. Yo, hey, you can't see me? But no, they wanted actual real physical identification that proved that you are who you are. And on that identification, it would describe who I am. It says, hey, you're five... I like to say 5'7", but probably more realistically, you're 5'6", and, and my weight there has fluctuated some, so I'm not even going to go there. But I do have blue eyes, and that's probably my best characteristic <laughs> if I had to brag this morning because all the women say, I don't need mascara, and apparently <laughs> that is a very good thing to not need mascara. Uh, so even if I'm with him, though, and I say, no, this is Kevin. This is Kevin Burns. It doesn't this matter. is my husband. It they still want it didn't matter. Official. some... ID. And what we're going to be looking at the next few Sundays is what is your spiritual ID? Because most of the time we relate very naturally. Uh, we'll, we'll get it from race or from gender. I'm black. I'm a female. We will find our identity in our occupation. I'm a dentist. I'm a plumber. I'm a lawyer. No, th that is what you do, but that is not who you are. Jesus didn't die for a bunch of dentists. He died for your spiritual identity. And once you find out who you are in Him, in the Lord, in Christ, then that's whenever you find out your real DNA because the dentist about you will be dead and gone. There are no dentists in heaven. You don't need... All, everybody has Regis's teeth in... Once you get to glory, everybody's got the super grill, right? I mean, everybody has got the pearly whites. So there's no need for physicians and stuff up there. So for you to, to gain your whole life from your occupation, I'm a businessman, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm a Democrat, I'm Republican. All of those are your physical identity. Un unfortunately, the devil is such a genius, he'll take your past and make that your identity. I'm an addict. I'm divorced, I'm an adulterer, I'm addicted to pornography, whatever it is, and he will stamp that identity on you. And, and you carry that card around with you. And everywhere you go, people ask you about your life and you flash your identification to them. But I want to show you your real identification that the next time you need to flash a card, you flash the one that the Bible says that you've been engrafted into him. In the Old Testament, Moses told God, he said, God, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. And God told Moses, he says, no man can look on me and live. Nobody can be in my presence and live. But he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a cleft in the rock. I'm going to carve a hole out of this rock and I'm going to put you in that rock. 
And when my goodness passes by, you'll be able to look at me and just see my back parts because nobody can look on my face and live. So he does. He takes, Why? Because Moses had a desire to see his glory. So God takes a rock, carves out that rock, puts Moses in it, and, and Moses is allowed just to see the backward parts of God. Well, in the New Testament, we know that Jesus is the rock, that they cut, they sliced him, they hit him right here, and they pierced that sack, and out from, out from that sack came blood and water, the sack that held his heart. And now through that place, God has actually engrafted us and put us in him that now he's the rock and we're hidden in him and Jesus said the same life that's in the vine is in the branches the same anointing the same greatness the same power the same sap that's running through any tree he said it actually now it runs through the vines and that's how we become fruitful and we produce but many times we try to be fruitful and be productive for the Lord but we're cut off We don't recognize the reality of, of, listen, God has designed you to be in the cleft, in the rock, to be in Him, in whom, in the Lord, in Christ Jesus. And once you figure out that identity, then the power can flow, the anointing can flow, the grace of God can flow, wisdom and knowledge and utterance, things can flow because the same sap that's in Jesus comes right out of the branches and now you become a tree that's fruitful, that everywhere you go, how many of y'all know you just know some people that are just fruitful wherever they go, they, they live that, that type of life. Well, they've just found, they've just connected and they've hooked into that source and the same sap, it just flows right out of them. The, this trip that we were just on, uh, I, I, I had the, oh, it was, oh man, this guy, this guy that, that we went and hung out with, he's an old friend of the family, and he's got, he's got all kinds of, he's got tons of money. He's got like eight car dealerships and all this rental property and all this stuff. He's, he's really, he's doing very well for himself. He's a young guy. He's 45. He's 10 years my senior. But I used to look up to him whenever I was young because he was cool. How many of y'all ever had one of those that you looked up to because they were cool? And he was just cool. He just got charisma, personality, and all this stuff, and that led him into this guy offering to put him in car dealerships. I mean, he just had doors open for him. He's got all this stuff going for him. Well, we had the opportunity to go up there. He's been asking me to come the past three or four years. Hey, come up here, come up here. Finally, he offered to pay for a bunch of it, and we were just like, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> now you're talking, baby. So he gave us one of his cars off the dealership, put us up in his place and fed us and all this kind of stuff. But while we're up there, we got in maybe Monday night at like midnight, and he's got this truck. Lord Jesus, help me say it right, Lord. This truck is so fantabulous. It's so wonderful, and I'm not a Ford guy. I really, I'm not a Ford guy. No offense if you are a Ford guy. I know John is a big Ford guy. Look at John. He's like, come on, man. John, I'm about to speak your language. (laughs) No, John, 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 I'm a Ford guy now. I'm telling you because this truck is so amazing. This thing is a, it's a Ford Raptor. And I don't, again, I don't really know a whole lot about it. But this guy, he owns, he owns like 4,000 acres and he's in the mountains and you're riding down these, this, this trail and you look out the window and it's straight down a cliff. There's rocks everywhere and he's riding around and he had to build these burns to keep the water from washing down the river. So every probably 50 yards, there's this big hill that you have to go over. And all of a sudden I get in that truck and he's like, come on, I'm going to show you the property. And we start going, but he starts going, this is no joke, like 50 miles an hour at one o'clock in the morning 
in the mountains jumping these big giant berms and he would hit this curve and like foo and then he would hit it and I was just like oh my god this truck is amazing what in the what is he says oh man you ain't seen nothing yet and he starts showing me the all the things that this truck could do and it was just I I was enamored I was like I if I did this in my tundra all four wheels would blow out the bumper would be in the back cab I mean I know and he knew it he says he says listen and he gave me a Ford F-150 he says listen if you tried this in your Ford he said please don't try this in your Ford the Ford that I gave you off the lot is not this Ford this thing was designed to run the Baja 1000 which I don't know some of you probably don't know what the Baja 1000 but it's this intense race and you got my Baja yeah he said, this truck is designed to do things that other trucks just can't do. So we come up to this hill, and this is no joke. This is 90 degrees. This is 45 degrees. This was like this. And it had been raining, and it was wet, that red mud clay. And he gets up there, and I'm like, oh. I started getting giddy. I mean, I know what giddy means. Where he's just like giggling. Like, Can I just say? It's, em- it's embarrassing how giddy you get. Like, ooh. I wasn't there for yeah, any she wasn't of there. So to hear him retell it, it cracks me up because I stayed by the fire. I was sleepy. And so he said, I told him when I got back, property. I said, you got to ride in that truck. You have got to ride in that truck. But we're like this, and we get there, and I got out my phone. I'm going to record it because I'm like, I would, I've been on four-wheelers my whole life. I would not have ridden a four-wheeler up this hill because I picture myself going, yeah, and then just all of a sudden going, poof, 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 and winding up at the bottom. But he sits there, and he says, in about five seconds, you're going to be on top of that hill. And I'm like, Keith, there's no way, brother. It's been raining. There's rocks. I said, Keith, we're not going to make it up this hill, bro. And all of a sudden, he punches that thing. Boom. And in less than five seconds, we're sitting on the top of that thing. And I was like, oh, my God. I cannot believe this. This is freaking amazing. But then this is what's even more amazing. So now we're going to go down the backside of it. We go down the backside of it, and he hits this button. He says, watch this. He hits this button. He goes down the backside. He takes his hand. He takes his feet off of the brake and off of the gas. It automatically decelerates and breaks the whole way down oh it was just so amazing I, and he's like I'm not even touching I'm not even doing anything it's like I got like autopilot and then we would go and we hit another I told him I said I felt like I'm riding on a cloud because he would hit these big ramps like boom and I'm just pitching in my Toyota no joke it would be a tragedy they would have to bring a wrecker out there but him I said I said man this thing's like a magic carpet it's amazing <laughs> I told him I said this thing is amazing and I said I said you know what I know two people that have a truck just like this. And I must have said this five times out loud. I said, they have no idea what they have. They don't have a clue. They bring it to carpool, and they bring it to get, to get some, some uh, Twinkies that just went out of business. I mean, they bring it to get milk and bread. They have no idea what they're riding around Moss Bluffing. The guy that built my house, he's got one. I said, Brandon Bellon, he doesn't have a clue. And Keith's like, I know, man. I try to tell everybody. I wish they'd come out here and let me show them to them before I, before I sell it to them. He said, they just don't have any idea of the capabilities. So he would stop and he would push another button and then he would push another button he would push another button Pastor Mark the you know uh, my boss for 12 years he has one of these trucks he doesn't have I, I can't wait to tell him I'm gonna be like Pastor Mark you don't have any idea what you've got under your garage you're, you're just clueless I can't wait to tell him he's clueless because I've never been able to tell him he's clueless before but I have great confidence in telling him you are clueless in what you have up under your garage Now, back to what we're talking about, Christianity. Most people, 90% of people, they're clueless. 
They're clueless of the engineering, the precision, the thought, the redemptive work of the blood of Jesus, the power that Christ, the Bible says the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the most powerful event in the history of the universe. The Ephesians prayer says, listen, he says, oh, Paul, he's praying. He's saying, I'm praying that you come to know what is the breadth and length and depth and height. I'm praying that you know the power that's on the inside of you because he says the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And he's caused you to sit with him in heavenly places. So I'm in this truck and I'm thinking, man, people, no, no, no way people understand what they have. That The Christianity that they're riding in, they've got it parked right out here and they'll go get some eggs with it and they'll go get some, some milk with it, but they have no idea. I mean, if, if humans can put that much precision in something that will be a heap of junk in 10 years from now, the creativity and the expertise that God put in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that he put in us, that he came to restore us back to Adam. And if you just look at how Adam was so wonderfully and creatively the things that he's able to do, it's amazing. We right now on this planet, we only use like one-eighth of our brain. But I submit to you that Adam used all eighths. And and I love watching... uh, Uh, 60 minutes on these idiot savants who really aren't idiots after all. Uh, They call them an idiot savant, but they're able to tap into one part of their brain. I watched that 60 minutes where they would give this guy, and he was blind, he's an idiot savant, and and he, he couldn't do, he couldn't take care of himself. But you could give him any object and then give him a heap of clay, and he would sit there and make an exact replica of that object completely blind. And it's like, how can, how can his brain do, do such awesome... I'm telling you, the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you're more uh, well-engineered than the greatest truck on the planet. I found a couple pictures of that truck, and there's one of them that's just sitting outside. Where's that one? Look at that. What a shame. What a shame. You people, they should take that truck. None of these are his, are, are Keith's No, truck. but we they should, should take, take that truck away from that individual and <laughs> give that truck to somebody that can do it. Give me another picture. Give me the one where it's flying. Oh, jeez. Yeah, give me that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what that one was designed to do. This truck was designed. I mean, and what's beautiful about it is even though you're, 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 you're in there, you don't feel like you're getting beat to death and you're like in the dentist chair getting your teeth drilled on. I mean, you feel like, like, ah, this is very nice. And a lot of times I feel like, you know, Christianity, people never get into the, ah, man, there's power that God's made available for me. There's potential and there's future. Most people feel like I'm not worthy. I've done too much. I'm full of, if there's three things really I'd like to tell you this morning that that keep people from ever recognizing the knowledge of the good things in them in Christ. Paul's praying, he's saying, listen, if you could just acknowledge, recognize. The word acknowledge, I gave you the definition there. It says to recognize, to think about. Boy, if, if people would just think about, acknowledge, he says, and be conscious of. Man, we just live so unconscious, so much of who we are 
in Him, in whom, in the Lord. But he says to declare. The last thing about, the, about acknowledge is to declare. I feel like there's three real reasons why most people don't acknowledge the good things that are in them in Christ. You know what the first one is? Ignorance. Ignorance. There's 130 in Him, in Christ, in the Lord, in whom, in the Word of God. And most people don't know one of them. They're just ignorant to the good things that are in them. The second reason most people don't acknowledge the good things in them, they don't think there's any good in them. They're just a forgiven sinner. I'm just a forgiven sinner. No, he didn't go through the place of the skull. He didn't spend three days in the heart of the earth with a crown of thorns and 39, 40 stripes minus one on his back. He didn't go through all of that just to make you a forgiven sinner. No, he made you a son, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He's adopted you and he, call, he says that now you can call me Abba Father. You can call me Daddy God. He, he didn't go through all of that just so you can be a forgiven sinner. So the second reason, most people never, never want to declare the goodness that's in them. I'm not worthy to declare any goodness that's in me. I'm divorced. I'm an addict. I'm this. I'm that. Yeah, but that's your, that's your natural identity. The, the spiritual identity that Christ paid for is there's 130 of those. that you, Those are the ones you should recognize. Those are the ones that you should acknowledge. Those are the ones that you should declare. The problem is, is I can't do it for you. I would like to follow you around and say, don't say that, say this. Don't think that, think this. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. You'll have to, number one, you'll have to recognize them. You'll have to acknowledge them. You'll have to declare them. So the second one is, most people, they have shame, condemnation. Romans 8, 1 says, now there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ, that walk not according to the flesh, but they walk after the Spirit. According to Romans 8, 1, that you shouldn't live under condemnation and sense of inferiority. No, you should not. That, that you'll, never, you'll never figure out that those, those buttons. That's like, well, why do you call it buttons? Because every time we went around the curve, that sucker would hit another button. And that button took that car to a whole nother level. So my, my endeavor the next few Sundays is just show you some buttons. And say, man, whenever you hit this button right here, it's going to blow your mind. Whenever you find out righteousness and whenever you find out redemption and whenever you find out the power of the blood of Christ, whenever you find out the death, burial, and resurrection, you find out this button. We've been hitting, you know, the tithing button for the past two months. That's just a button. Say, I don't feel like pushing it. Don't push it. You can still drive it. It's still totally drivable. You could go all over town. But there's buttons in the Word of God that whenever you hit that thing, boom, and it lights up and all of a sudden it'll tell you on the dash, Hold on. You're about to part your hair. You're about, you're about to be like, Daddy, Daddy, slow down, slow down. You're, you're about to be there. Why? There's, just certain, there's just things. Once you hit those buttons, the Bible is full of buttons, full of accessories, full of, of these things that are engineered into it. But if you don't ever get out the manual, if you don't ever do it, and if you don't ever dare to push that button, because there's things whenever you come up and you see that obstacle and you're like, I'm not going over that. I'm reversing. And God says, no, i got a button for you. If you'll push that thing in five seconds, you'll be on top of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll put you right up on top of that thing and you'll be looking down off of it instead of being afraid to conquer it. Listen, whenever Peter got out of the boat to walk on water, he could have said, I'm not interested. In, this is not my button. But he says, man, I'm ready. God, I'm about to get out. If you told me to come, let's, let's, let's get out here. Let's do it. And the Bible's full of those people that just hit those buttons. You haven't said four words. I am enjoying this. I'm sorry. 
You forgot about the third thing, though. So this, oh, the I'm second sorry. one. These are three things that keep you from acknowledging who you are in Christ. That keep you from acknowledging those good things. For from keep you from making them personal in your own life. You want to so, give the third, the third one? I don't know. You're doing really good, though. First one was ignorance. They don't know. It's just people Second just don't know. Second one would be shame. Shame. They're just embarrassed. Sin. They any feel kind like of they don't sin. qualify. Yeah. Any kind of sin in your life just makes you feel like you're disqualified. And then the third one. Keep going. It's on a roll. I have like Busy. nine. But... Because I got too, three here, okay, three the there, last and one, three okay, more. Let me tell you, then. the you're last one busy. is you're just too busy or you forget. And that's like when we come to church and we hear something really good and we get a paper, you know, and then we put it aside and we lose our paper and we forget. It gets from before our eyes because our natural mind, we forget stuff. You know, I can think about one of the, the, the greatest days of my life. Married me? I was going to say that one second. The first one. <laughs> Is it the day I asked Jesus heart. into my in my heart? That right. was man. That's and then the day we got married. Right, right, right. But Good but recovery. those memories dim. Those memories dim. So even my my children, the day they were born, that was an amazing day, overcome with emotion. But you forget. So the same thing is true. We forget all this good stuff that we have if we don't keep it before our eyes, if we don't pray every day, if we don't read our Bible every day, if we don't have some praise and worship music on, if we don't talk to somebody else about you know, the Word of God, or, hey, what's, what's been going on in your life? What's God been doing for you? Or, hey, let's pray today. Those are some Listen, ways this to is my it. occupation. This is what I do for a living. And I forget. I'll, I'll forget to declare, to acknowledge, to recognize the good stuff that's in me. I, I do it. That's just a fact. That's just part of our Western civilization is we remember to do a lot of things, but the one thing that we should be very conscious of and very aware of and very secure in, and that is our relationship and the fact that we're a son the fact that he made us sons and daughters. He's adopted us into his family. And he's given us some wonderful opportunities and wonderful buttons. I have, we're not even going to get close to scratching the surface here. But praise God, that's why we get to do this again in six and a half more days. We'll be back. And we're just going to start punching out some of these buttons. And, and I believe the rest of the year, it's gonna, we're going to close it out. And there'll be even more growth uh, to us individually, not just to the church. Oh, you got to do the blanks? All right. Uh, recognize who you are in Christ. You got them? You going to put them up there? The first one's acknowledge. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then the second one is acknowledge is for you. And then the third one is acknowledge, to recognize, think, declare. The last one is to declare it. That's the one that most people don't do. Because why? Why don't they want to declare it? Well, because if they declare it, they have to say it out loud, and they don't feel worthy enough to say it out loud. For me to say that I'm the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works, I don't feel like I'm qualified to say that. Well, you're not, Dodo. The blood of Jesus is what made you. That's what qualified you. So Paul said, listen, don't boast in anything that you did. You aren't worthy. And in his eyes, you're as filthy luger or filthy rags. But by the blood of Jesus, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain help in the time of need. I mean, it's because of him that we live and move and have our being. So you can have confidence to do it. You just got to just speak that thing out and declare it. And a lot of times you just don't feel like it, especially at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's like You know, and one thing, uh, that other paper that you got has a confession on there. It helps to read it out loud. Oh, I wouldn't it read helps. it any other way. I, I don't, you don't do any. I, I don't, 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 don't ever read silent, but it, uh, reading it out loud. Faith I remember, comes by hearing and hearing. Well, the only way you're going to hear it is if you say it out loud. Hear yourself say it. But else. the thing is, the, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people get hung up on is it's not a feeling. 
You know, you read this and you say, I, I am identified with Christ. And your body's like, no, you're not. Uh-uh, I'm hungry. That's what I am. I am hungry. <laughs> but the thing is, you have to realize this is, what, this is how God sees you. This is what the Word of God says about you. This is what God is saying that belongs to you. And don't you think he knows a little bit better than you do? Sure. You're not a hoopty. Can I just throw that out there? You don't know what a hoopty is? You're not a lemon. You're not a hoopty. So if I could leave you with one thought, is your identity is not what you think your identity is. Even if you are divorced or addicted or lonely or sad, those are conditions, but, but the real you is engrafted into him and the same life that's in him he wants it flowing through you because that's when you're fruitful that's when you're happy that's when you're productive i'm gonna read this last quote from ew kenyon i love this he says the majority of christians are weak though they are sincere i mean i know some sincere christians i know tons of them but they're they're weak because they've never dared to make a bold confession of what they are in christ jesus so i encourage you admonish you this week you got a little paper there just get bold and declare who you are, what you have. And if you say, I don't know about all this, look, the scriptures, find you some scriptures, and uh, in Christ, in Him, in the Lord. One thing on that, that uh, confession paper, um, when I, I remember when I first became a Christian, and I, I remember sitting in a desk and hearing this, and I remember just sitting there, and it's like my eyelids were peeled back, and I was just like, this is amazing. What? I've never heard of this before. And so I took a sheet of paper, and I still had that, that same paper, uh, and I, I wrote uh, my own confession. I just took scriptures and I made them personal. Like, a, I am the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. And, and I, would, I would make them personal and put I or put my name in there, and I would say them about myself. Now, every day, I, I, I was taught to say them every day, a couple times a day, even if I didn't feel like it. Because after you keep saying it and keep saying it, the feelings actually come. The feeling of, of shame and worthless, worthlessness actually falls off the more you start confessing the word of God because it is the living word it is the only book it is the only words that have the power to change you on the inside to change your thinking to change your heart to change you at the very core of your being so this was I know for me this was the first thing I learned after I got saved so the first thing I learned was finding out who I was who did God say that I was so then when I learned about joy it came easy because I thought oh that's for me I got that joy in me Great, I'm going to tap into that. Peace, I've got peace. He's got peace for me. Great, I take that too. So really, just when you say these scriptures, you're just taking it and saying, I'll take that. I'll take that right there. I'm going to take that for myself. And I'm going to put that on today. You say well, like some of you feel like whenever you do this, you feel like, well, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. And it's all about making you feel good. No, that scripture says that in order for you to effectively reach others, mm -hmm. you have to have a confidence in the God that you serve. Because if you aren't confident in the goodness of God, nobody's going to want it. Yeah. Who's going to want it? Nobody's going to want your old raggedy God. And nobody's going to want your old, your old the, the, what, that, 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 that mentality. No, people want that, that. They want to, God is, he's awesome, man. God's wonderful. I mean, I could I stand up here for five hours and just talk about how wonderful he is. And, and so whenever you're acknowledging these things about you, then it makes people, they say, man, God's so good. He's so wonderful. We got to pray.